Hello and welcome to episode 916 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 15th, Jackie Robinson Day. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, I, you know, baseball's going. We got to see some history last night, which is always fun. Uh, yes. When a guy's able to, uh, you know, throw a, a throw a no hitter so close to that perfect game, um, so yeah, uh, I mean it's it's a great start to the season. My my TGFBI team is awful, which is not good because uh, my uh, wife's is good. Uh, which I is, thought you had it locked. I heard from um, what was my source? Oh, it was you. Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is not going well. Um, <laughs> largely, she she's doing it largely on the back of Jake McGee. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I remember us talking about her pick and actually saying like, hey, that's not a bad pick. Just, uh, you know, see what they do out there in San Francisco and got them so late. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's become kind of a nightmare because I have zero saves in that league. Oh, um, no. So I've lost he's like all... he's single-handedly killing you. That yeah, Just that... McGee versus your team is dominating you. And does she have anything yeah. else? Um, I mean, she's had a good team, but like if, if I had Jake McGee we'd be right next to each other in the overall standings. Yeah. No, I meant, did she have any other saves? Not, not does she have anybody else oh. that's good? Uh, uh, no, saves? she lost Soria. Oh, and she's got okay. Hater. Okay. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, getting Trevor Rosenthal is my closer one. Archie Bradley yeah. is my closer two. Oh. Jonathan Hernandez is my closer three. Now, uh, that one could still turn out pretty well. No, he, he just got TJ. Oh, he did. I totally yeah. missed that. I yeah. thought he was no, he's, working his way back. What a loser. Yeah, he's done. Like me, I not him. Me, yeah. not him, by the way, for not so, knowing that. I thought he was working his way back. Dang. Yeah, no, this is um this is an absolute nightmare because Yeah, that is that is Meltdown City. Um I, yeah, I mean I I have Carlos Rodon. Sorry. Yeah, I've got Carlos Rodon on this team and Joe Musgrove who threw, you know, threw like Wait, four really good. Okay. Games. I was going to say though. I want to see the rosters that have both because it's very likely. It's very easy. Not very likely, I should say, but very easy to have had both mm-hmm. Musgrove and – so you have both of them and mm-hmm. she's still waxing you? Yeah, no, I had – I have both of them and my ERA is still 475. Oh, no, dude. Yeah, I got Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, Mitch Keller <sighs> got blown up today. Um it has, uh, it's been a nightmare. Like, I just, my, like, I, I had to drop, like, four people because they're injured, and I still have five people on the IL on oh, my man. reserve list. It's, I mean, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong uh, with my TGFBI team this year. Uh, I'm, like, third or fourth overall or something like that in the Rad Slam. Which is nice, yeah. Which is amazing. And, like, I'm 370th or something like that in TGFBI. I'm looking for you. Don't you worry. You're 344. Yeah. Oh, that's because I went up 76 spots yesterday. Danielle's 56. Oh, my God. So she's gone up more. She was, like, 70-something <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> and I'm sitting 267. Yeah. she's she She legitimately, if she plays it well, could have, like, a top 30 team in TGFBI this year. Like she's uh, like she legit. I mean, she's done all of this without having Trent Grisham to start the year. Does not have Luke Voigt, and he's been back ready to. I mean, he's out yeah. of the gates. She uh, accidentally had uh, Freddie Peralta on her reserve list, so she missed oh. Freddie Peralta's first two or three outings. Pain. Like, 
like she um if she pays attention and does what she and does what she like she she's gonna have a top 30 top 40 team well that'll be great which yeah i mean as much as it'll be embarrassing that i've lost to her almost everybody in the industry will have and i'll be the one who taught her how to play and got her a top 50 team in her first year playing yeah that that'll be great um but yeah i mean obviously things are in full gear right now it feels great uh you know i tweeted out a message yesterday and i want to reiterate it here relax though okay everybody can everybody relax a little? A little. We're psyched. We're amped. We're geeked. It's great. MLB The Show comes out tonight. If you pre-ordered, comes out on 420. If not, so, you know, you got those baseball fans uh, getting hyped, too. Everyone getting hyped. But as I tweeted it out, none of your calls are right yet. Unless you made one about the early playing time, um, you know, at the beginning of the season. And someone's like, well, I, I said, you know, Andrew Vaughn wouldn't get played much. And I was like, okay, well, then that, brag about that. You're correct. But I don't know. Else, I mean, are but, there but some listen. calls that are right? Because, like, if you thought Wilson Ramos was going to hit, like, 10 home runs, at this point... You feel pretty good about that, right? <laughs> it's going to be hard to be wrong. We, we can parse out the ones that are right. But my general point is, you're very likely not right. You're also very likely not wrong. But you're definitely not right, so just relax. I think my biggest issue right now is that every time there's a discussion about a player somebody has to like they bring up the context of how they were right about him on april 15th right it's like well you know uh we're just talking about some dude's pitch yeah i mean that's why i drafted him in four leagues and then i saw that okay dude okay i know we're all excited i just think and i know we talk about the victory lap stuff all the time it is at a a real tipping point of being nauseating. I'm just going to say it. And people need to di- dial it down. And like, I know you're going to make a joke to counteract everything I'm saying right now, but I'm being serious because like you don't have to be serious. I am because it, it, it's, it's become, it's become unbearable. It, it really has become unbearable that every time this, there's a discussion I mean, about something, I'm, it has to be brought up in the context of, of, of the rightness of the person talking about it. Just have a discussion about a player. It's yeah, not that hard. No, I'm actually with you on this one. Um, and I mean, here's the thing. Like, there are some people out there being like, oh, I think people are too, like, you know, or too lo- or remember too much of the 60-game sprint, right? And, and so that, I think there's some of that too, yep. I don't think it's that. This happens every year. We talk about this every year with I players. Know, like, a few no, no, years no. ago, it was like, is this the new D.D. Gregorius, you know? No, no, that's correct. That's what you're saying is correct. I think, and the one I heard say this was Scott Jenstead, I think in terms of reacting to performances, what I've seen for the 60-game sprint thing is a reaction to the negative performances. People are holding that panic over from last year when they don't need to. So that's a little bit different than the combo that you and I are having, which I agree with every year we're talking about victory laps and and trying to – you know, proclaim something as correct in April. That that speed has not – like that's only getting worse every year. What I th- thought he was talking about was like, oh, no, my player is is you know hitting 100-something, and it's two weeks in. Should I quit fantasy baseball? Yeah. You know, it's like not even <laughs> should I reserve. Should I quit fantasy baseball? Should I just uh, stop playing forever? It's like, hey, 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 hey. You know, you do the old – and I, I like to do this a lot because it, I think it gives perspective and it, and it you know – 
calms me down a bit is to go find like a sample where the player did the same thing in the middle of a season very recently. I usually check the previous season. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, so-and-so superstar hit – uh, 184 for for three weeks in June two years ago, and nobody said a word. Or if they did, it was it was you know contextualized and not a total freakout. So let's, let's just bring it down a little bit with the with with, with the with the right and the wrong because there's a lot to go. And I think we see it. I think we always see it too after the first couple starts from a guy, and then he has that first beat up. It's like, oh god, was I wrong? No, it's just that you just jump the gun on on trying to be right. Now, I will say, we're going to talk about some guys here that look great right now, and it's difficult to see how it's going to fall apart, but uh, let's just let's just try to enjoy the baseball. We got a six-month grind. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's exactly. So, you know, as members of Tout Wars, we participate in the Tout Tables, which mm-hmm. are like, you know, a, a question every week that, um, you know, and it's general, right? So it tries, yes. it tries to be applicable to as many formats as possible. And the question last week was, early season what are you looking for and like a lot of people gave some really insightful answers right you know i'm looking for strikeouts i'm looking for where someone is in the batting order i'm you know and things like that right and i i mean i I wrote i think a couple things like that but ultimately what i ended up writing was i'm enjoying baseball like i'm 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 just watching games like and obviously if there's something that's actionable you know, an injury, uh, you know, some, you know, big repertoire change, uh, you know, guy batting really high or batting really low that we weren't expecting. I'm, I'm taking stock of that, but ultimately like I'm enjoying watching baseball. And I think, uh, we're so competitive and we put so much time into things that we forget, Hey, we're supposed to be just enjoying and watching baseball right now. The standings will work itself out one way or another, but yeah, two weeks in, I'm not, I'm not, extremely worried that i'm 374th place in tgfb no and i think that's a great way to put it and and make to make sure we're clear here we're not suggesting doing nothing like and yeah, just not course. looking at your fantasy teams of course you've got to make pickups you've got to be churning the b- bottom order bottom end of your roster and all that sort of stuff it, it's, it's really just more about wanting to declare right and wrong on things that have so much time to pan out just enjoy the games there's gonna be so many ups and downs and they're going to be wild. I mean, um, it already has a different feel than last year. I know we were we take we took anything we could get last year, and I was grateful for the sixty games. But this year already feels different, and I've just been enjoying watching baseball. Like you said, I have to reiterate that a thousand percent. I'm a, totally, totally with you there. And let's talk about a very enjoyable experience last night watching Carlos Rodon's no hitter. Now I was flying back to Texas, so I missed the majority of it. But I got off the plane right as he had, I think uh, it'd be six and two thirds is what he was through. So I flicked it on uh, on the phone there and listening to it, get to the seventh, eighth. And then I was home for the ninth. And holy smokes. I mean, what an effort. And he was one pitch away from potential perfection there. That hit by pitch in the ninth on the toe of Roberto Perez. First by first off, by the way. You know, he paid for it. He got on base, but that's that sucker sounded like it hurt so badly the way it bounced off the toe like that. Um, I don't know for sure, but it certainly looked like it hurt. So he gets on first, but then he gets the uh, Rodon finishes off the no, no. What an effort by him. He looks great. Of course, the the first thing that we're going to go to, obviously, is his injury history and how, you know, even with the the great few starts off the top here, including the big no hitter. It's hard to get comfortable on anything Rodon related until we're what, 10, 15, 20, like, like 
or is it just always on that wire there where you're like, please just stay healthy, no matter what, whether you have him on all the teams or not. I've just always liked Rodon. I've only got him on one. I just want him to stay healthy. How do you feel about Rodon's start, some of the changes he's made, and the the looming health concerns that, that just kind of linger ahead of uh, uh, over him forever? Yeah, I mean, the health concerns are going to be there. So, uh, I mean, that's just, you know, if it all falls apart at some point, if he gets hurt, you know, you're you're ready to kind of move on. But I mean, at this point, you got him for free in just about every league, right? I mean, oh yeah, he, he wasn't drafted in the majority of leagues, so like you're just enjoying the ride, right? This is a guy who, if he does make 20 starts, is a potential league winner for a lot of people because you've got a guy who's performing like a SP1, SP2 that you mm-hmm. got off the waiver wire. I mean, this is potentially this year's Lucas Chilito, right? So, um, yeah, you're Same ju- team too. yeah, you're just enjoying the ride right now. Um, you know, obviously things are gonna, you know, even out somewhat. I mean, he, he's currently got an ERA of zero. Hey, that's pretty good. I, I mean, it, I, I, a whip I, of 0. 0.36. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, I uh, think it'll smooth some. Uh, call me crazy. I yeah, know. There I'm might be a tad bit of regression coming. We're, we're going nuts with it, calling out that regression. But, uh, yeah, you know. Bold prediction, it, right? It, it, it's a lot of fun to watch, though, because, like I said, I have I have rooted for Rodon. I, you know, I used to tout him and write him up all the time, waiting for that big breakout to come. And this year was like, ah, you know, let's just, let's just see. Uh, and I, I didn't really draft him in a lot of spots because – um, you know, kind of had been through it and I was just, if, if it happens, great. And, and we'll see where it goes, but he's up to 95, a career high in velocity right now. And that's been huge. That's been the biggest difference. And his secondary stuff is cooking true three pitches with the uh, fastball slider changeup. And obviously he put it all on display last night during the, uh, during the no hitter. And if you want to see what it looks like when everything goes right for Rodon, there it is, because that's that was a that was a pretty no hitter too. You know, some some of them are kind of junk. Let's be honest, some of them are junk. Sorry, Edwin Jackson. I mean, it was a junk no hitter. It's still cool, but it was junk. It's on the lower end. This was a good one. This was a real good one to watch. And he had that Cleveland team in fits, going uh you know going the distance there with only the hit by pitch, seven strikeouts, lots of weak contact, 114 pitches, throwing his hardest in the ninth. By the way, popping it up to 99, I believe. So yeah, Rodon obviously. Uh, Probably already got to 100% roster rate uh, based on the previous start because it was so good. I think people would have jumped on on him where he wasn't. I guess there might be some some smaller leagues out there where he could still be available. Obviously, you go for him, and you put a pretty sizable bid, not so much because of the no-hitter, but because the talent is incredible to continue to perform at a high level. Just know that you could you could get burnt by injury. But with a waiver pickup, I'm less concerned about that. I'm not saying use the entire budget, but I would use a pretty significant portion. And I'll tell you, he's only 68%, actually 69% at uh, at ESPN leagues, which is pretty nice, meaning he's he's actually – Rodon's more available than I would have thought. I would have thought he was already in the 80s, plus uh, an overnight bump. I, would, I bet he had – yeah, he did have an overnight bump. Wow. He was only 20% before last night. He jumped 49% overnight. Okay, so he's a lot more available than I thought. Let's back up a second here. I had this wrong. So Rodon is going to be on on the bidding block for a lot of shallower leagues this weekend. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more facts and figures here instead of nebulously. Are you putting down like a like a 50 60%? 
Yeah, I think I am. I am too, despite how much we just talked about the and, risk of health. And I'm I'm not one of those people that likes to make those kind of bids because if they go wrong, if, you know, if, let's say, you spend 50% of your remaining fab and all of a sudden uh, he does get hurt, like, you've just wasted that, right? Yeah. Uh, now, I wouldn't but, do any, uh, like, $0 bids. Uh, would obviously help me amp it up more. I need I need to be able to make changes, especially in a ten teamer. But I think there's enough, you know, there's usually enough talent on the wire that I could play in the cheaper end to try to get a high impact pitcher here. So yeah, I would go pretty high. I would not max out, but I would go pretty high. And because you could reasonably still just get like you know like a mid three ZRA the rest of the way, and that will you know end up giving him something in the low threes for the season. You might only get the the three fifty for. 130 innings or whatever, which would be great. I mean, we need we need to see him go over uh, 100 plus innings there. But yeah, I would put a pretty sizable bid on Rodon here to try to get a high impact pitcher on a very good team who's always had the arm talent. In fact, you look, he's never really been bad except for these last two years when he wasn't pitching any innings. He was getting some innings in 15, 16, um, and 18 there, and always kind of like a low fours guy who would flash. Like, it's in there. You can see it with Rodon. So, yeah, put a pretty big bid on him. Um, I can't imagine there's any leagues of yours that he's available, right? Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. yeah. I grabbed him in TGFBI uh, and the tag team league. Uh but like prior to his first start off of waivers, yeah. so I mean he's uh, I w- didn't draft him anywhere. You know he was not in my top 150 pitchers because of the health track record. Uh, but you know I mean he he's clearly healthy now and will ride it as long as he uh, is. I only had him uh, 108, so I'm not out here acting like I was on on some big Rodon train. Speaking of, by the way. Um, what I did was catalog or, or what, what's, what's the word I'm looking for there? Uh, archive, I guess, but not really. Cause you can still actually, maybe I should just protect these sheets, but anyway, on our ranking sheet, if you're part of our Patreon, you will see the preseason ones. They are immortalized. Now you can, you can make fun of us for the, for the bad ones that we had. Um, and now we are going to have in-season ones that we will start editing. You know, I'm, I already started doing some edits. Uh, I got to figure out exactly what I want to do, right? Because you got to kind of go through and make like some sweeping changes, get the uh, injured guys off, things like that. So there's definitely some work to be done, but we're going to start. We're going to start getting after our in-season rankings, and we will continue to update those. But you can reference back to the preseason ones all year long. Um, now we both rank this next guy pretty high. But I wonder if we're already ready to move him up. And that's Corbin Burns, who we had 16 for me, 17 for you, respectively. Dude's out of his mind. Small sample or not. I mean, again, it's th- this guy I was referring to earlier about, you know, you make it a, if you made a big call on him and you're already feeling pretty good. I understand it's only 18 and a third, but I, I get it because it's building on last year's excellence. And it's hard to poke holes in anything Corbin Burns is doing. Where do you stand on his on his towards start with relation to your 17 ranking coming into the year, which I don't even think is bad, by the way. I think both of us having him in the top 20, that's fine. Others had him higher. Hats off to you because he's an absolute G. Um, but are you ready to move him up already? Corbin Burns, uh, Milwaukee dominating. Yeah, absolutely. I'm moving him up. And uh, this is one of, you know, this is an example of where I think I let groupthink drag me down a little bit because I was really, really high on Corbin Burns. 
Uh, I think I took him in the third round of a draft in December, and I felt pretty good about that. And then I let other people's voices kind of get in my head and kind of temper my expectations a little bit. And I wish Mm -hmm. I hadn't done that because I did not get him very much after that. Uh, And yeah, I mean, this is where you you do the research, you 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 watch the game film and you go, this is this is one of my guys. I got to stand by it. And I, I wish I had done that a little bit more with him because yeah i think he's gonna end up being a top five to ten starter this year uh and i know people are like oh innings innings they're letting him go six every game oh yeah it's just you know i I don't think this is gonna be as big of an issue as people made it out to be um and i can honestly say i never thought it was like they said and i didn't either for him and and woodrip and that's a that's a that's a guideline right so you, you go 160 but you don't think that they're going to let him go 172 or something if, if that's what they need? Like, n- of course they are. Like, it's 12 innings. You know, I, I just don't think that the, the, nothing happens. It, this, this is like Y2K, man. That, you know, he doesn't break at 160. They don't just shut him down. He's not a robot. They're going to see where it's at. And if he's dominating, like, obviously, 0.49 ERA, 0.22 whip, we're not putting that all year for for Burns. But if he's dominating the way he has been now, dating back to the start of last year, uh, for 60 innings there, 18 and a third this year, I mean, they're not going to, they're just not going to shut him down. They might give, they, the way they're going to do it, I think, is extra days here and there spread out. I don't think there's going to be like a shutdown period for Corbin Burns or Brandon they'll, Woodruff, to be honest. They'll have Lindblom come up and become the sixth starter here yeah, and there. Like he, exactly. You know, today we're going to push everybody back a day and yep. we're going to give it. But it'll it'll end up being fine. He'll end up making – I mean, as long as he's healthy, he'll end up making 29, 30 starts. Uh, and you're going to be pretty stoked with the production at the end of that. Uh, I agree. I just bemoan my my own uh, indecisiveness. And yeah, I hear you. I, it happens, I think, to anybody who does rankings uh, about you know planting your flag on a guy and then kind of getting it whittled down a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, because you want to keep yourself honest, and so you're thinking in that realm of like, well, I'm just keeping myself honest. Let me move them down. It's like, and it's hard to say when you stay convicted and when you when you kind of listen to the other side and balance the scales a little bit. Uh, because yeah, if you took him in the third that early with that trajectory, you'd have, you'd have been pretty, pretty loaded in him for portfolio wise with Burns, given as many leagues as you did and where you consistently drafted Trey Turner, Corbin Burns to start or Trey Turner, some other guy, maybe Corbin Burns in the third for at least a lot of the winter, you might've had to pay that second round price um, in the, in, in, in the spring here. But, Man, he looks so good, and I just I don't I don't see anything wrong with the performance right now to cut into. You're just worried about pitcher health as a general thing, but that that's really it. Um, another guy. Now this one, this one was put on the list to kind of roast you a little bit, and I'm sure I've got some too. So this is this will come back to me when you're going through the rankings and say, "Oh, Sport, did you see what you did?" Uh, but I was, you know, archiving those rankings this morning. I was like, "Well, where where did we rank these certain guys?" Rodon, I went and saw, and I was like, "Oh, you didn't even put him." But that's the health. Like, I'm still gonna roast him, but I get it because of the, the consistent health. I was like, "Burns, okay, we were one spot apart, right in sync." Trevor Rogers, oh, did not make his 150, and I had him 72, which is also looking to be low, by the way, because dude is out here. Trevor Rogers, he's pitching right as we speak against the Bravos, and he's through four strong, uh, excuse me, through, yeah, yeah, four strong. He's coming out for the bottom of the fifth. They're up 3-0, and 
Trevor Rogers looks like the next in this in this line of of Marlins awesome pitchers. And to be honest, as far as the 2021 season goes, he seems to have leapfrogged Sixto Sanchez, who's obviously not pitching right now. Um, and Trevor Rogers is the new kid on the block. Obviously, you didn't rank him. You want to talk a bit about where you were with him in the offseason and how you feel now? Yeah, I mean, I was concerned about the walk rate that we saw, you know, sometimes in the minors and then uh, definitely in 2020 uh, and then the amount of home runs he gave up in 2020. And so and I was worried that he would lose a rotation spot. The Marlins have a lot of really good arms uh, and I probably I mean, I definitely made a mistake not ranking him. Obviously, he should have been ranked, uh, but I, I should have looked at you know more of the the composition of the Marlins rotation and been like, oh, they're all right-handed if if Rogers isn't in this rotation. Um, True, and you know maybe they would send a guy like Sixto down, um, and, you know, uh, and keep Rogers in. So. Uh, obviously, Eliza Hernandez, you know, injury, nobody saw that coming or anything. But yeah, that was a mistake on my part. Um, I do think there is some big regression coming uh, for Rodgers, but uh, he he needs to be in the top 100. Uh, and that was my bad not having him even close to there. And, you know, to your point about the walks, he's even got three walks today in the four innings so far. He's got a 15 percent mark coming into the game so that's going to jump a bit so he is walking guys you know one of the things that that you can see from that at times for sure i think there's definitely some control issues but he's definitely not one to give in rogers will not you know if it is close he's still going to throw his pitch in that three ball count to try to get you to go for it and if not he thinks he can come back and strike you out and the uh you know 42 percent strikeout rate that he has so far says that he can indeed do that but you are playing with some fire once you start getting into the teens walk rates. So that's a good point to bring up. Obviously, his numbers are very gaudy right now, 129 ERA. Yeah. And by the way, when I bring up these guys, I barely reference these numbers. I just say they're off to a great start because they are so unrealistic to continue that I'm not sure there's a ton of value to be like, let's talk about his 180 ERA. Where do you think it goes from here, Justin? <laughs> oh, up, you say. Please, please declare why you think it's going to go up. So it's like, you know, if, if anyone's ever wondering why I don't give the the – raw numbers there mm -hmm. all the time that's on the ERAs yeah. and whips. That's why. Um, little bounce off here that I added to the sheet off of Rogers, And just the Marlins have become one of these teams like Cleveland, like Tampa Bay, uh, the Dodgers. I'm sure there's a few others that I'm forgetting. When they got a pitcher, Cincinnati, when they've got a pitcher, they just – and they have a you know a interesting age, a, a pitch or two that you like, you get – you're going to – Give them an extra look. At least that's where I'm at with the Marlins pitchers right now, which has led me to Nick Neidert. And I wonder if you see anything in Nick Neidert coming up, pitching in the rotation right now, that uh, has you seeing him as a potential streamer at all. His one-time prospect of theirs, I think maybe even rated higher by prospect lists than Rogers for a bit. But where do you stand on Nick Neidert? And are you maybe do you have that same Marlins, uh, not pass, because I'm not just going to blindly do it, but – they get they get some extra love based on the the recent production of development that they've had and Nick Neidert's in my focus recently. What about you? Um, I mean, he's an interesting guy. He's got four pitches uh, that aren't. I mean, the changeup's pretty good, um, but I mean, the fastball isn't. Uh, he walks a ton of guys, which is uh, or has been walking a ton of guys, which is uh, a bit concerning. 
considering like his uh you know the command was the thing that was supposed to be uh kind of his uh hallmark uh or calling card mm-hmm. i'm i'm a little worried about this i don't think he's going to be in the rotation very long once they start getting guys back uh as well so i'm not super interested in maybe in a in a, in a nice start like he doesn't give up you know, he doesn't give up a ton of homers, so he can get away with having um, a high walk rate, but he also does give up a lot of fly balls, so you wonder, especially as summer comes, when he's not at home, especially uh, yep. in worse ballparks, that he's that he's going to struggle with a long ball. So, uh, I think those are all all fair critiques uh, of Niter. He's, he's not in the same caliber. That's why I say you give him an extra look. You don't just say, well, if Alcantara, Lopez, and Rogers are going off, then Niner's going to go off. No, you kind of. I kind of look at him too, and I'm like, I am keeping an eye on him. Put him on my watch list uh, for my deep release 15 team NL only. But he doesn't have anything overpowering the way most of the other guys do. Whether it's whether it's an overpowering fastball or a secondary pitch, he, he's a kitchen sink kind of guy where he's got bunch of tools in there none of them are particularly great but they can all work together to put something put something up decent when he's really going and by the way we jinxed uh we jinxed trevor rogers two run homer to this uh renald akina akina jur is his name he's batting hmm. at the top of the braves lead uh he's braves lead off today never akina never heard Jer, of it two separate words okay a-c-u-n-a and then just j-r that's that's weird to just have a word with uh two consonants like hmm. that but Akinajur <laughs> just hit a two-run homer he's hitting 440 this year how have i never heard of this guy dude the, anyway mean, he's insane right now i might rank him up dude because Akinajur seems pretty good dude yeah seriously acuna is he's he is out of his mind right now he probably hit that one 700 feet he has a 1020 not ops folks 1020 slug right now but yeah niter deep deep league I'm keeping an eye on him. That's all I'm saying right now. It is not a go pickup type of situation. Uh, let's shift to hitting real quick. Then we'll talk some injuries. It's a, it's a news heavy episode. In fact, it's a news only episode today. So we're really only getting into things like that. Uh, Javi Baez is struggling mightily. And again, just so I want to be clear that I'm not running counter to what I said at the beginning about relaxing, I think when you look at what happened last year with uh, him kind of getting back to that that more worrisome profile that we saw at the outset of Baez's career with the high swing and miss, uh, the walks plummeting even further than they already are because they're only at like 6% at his peak, just kind of looking lost at the dish. Concerning, right? 2020 wasn't very good. Okay, the video uh, excuse that we've given a few guys like J.D. Martinez, crushing by the way, Christian Yelich doing fine, also a little nicked up, but I believe his stats are fine otherwise. And and bias, those were the three main guys to kind of get that that pass of well, they didn't get video, and this year they're getting it back. He's worse so far, Justin. And I know it's 47 plate appearances, so I'm not saying cut him, but it's a 45% strikeout rate and a 29% swing and miss. You cannot be more lost than that. And Kevin Goldstein wrote an article on him uh, on the front page, you know, saying, Hey, is it time to really start to have some worry here? And it seems like as they try to, you know, they're always putting up Bryant for for sale and everything for trade that they want to go. I, I feel like they want to invest in bias, but obviously not if this doesn't if this season doesn't go well. Uh, so we can talk about where the Cubs go uh, in a different way. But bias himself, are you starting to get concerned here? I mean, I've always been concerned that this is the kind of bottom 
he could have. I mean, the nice thing is he has three stolen bases and uh, three homers, <laughs> three homers. Like, so it's like you, you might not even notice it. it. You know, the average hurts, but in the grand scheme of your full season uh, box score right now, you might not even notice it because 200 doesn't stand out as so bad. But four. 45% strikeout. I know it's 47 plate appearances, but dude, that's so many Ks and the, they were so high last year. So I, I guess I wonder, would you maybe sell low? Um, who? that's a tough question. And I'll, I'll give you some names. No, yeah. I'll give you some names. Okay. Um, give me some names. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, that's, that's tough. Let me get here. Uh, cause I'm not talking about, you know, your mean Mercedes or something. I, I'll give you the, or, or Akil Badu, Cedric Mullins. None of the hottest flavors of the two weeks. We're not doing that because that just seems like a recipe to look so stupid at the end of the year. And that's that there's that kind of talk every year. What about for Dylan Moore? Who? Uh, I think I might. Yeah, I think I would do that. Okay. So I found, I found that I found the spot right away. Look at me. Um, I mean, Dylan about- Moore has been bad too. You know, actually, True. no, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, what if you? What if you think you can get somebody? Th- what, what if it could be Dylan Moore plus? What? What, what if? What if since you're giving up the name brand, say, hey, let's exchange our, our crummy guys, but you do have a higher upside. Why don't you throw in an upgrade here for me on a pitching side or whatever? Would you do Dylan Moore plus? Is that bringing you to the table, or are you just saying no now that you've seen that that he's off to a tough start? Cause I, can, I can do different names too. My my concern with Dylan Moore is that he turns into a short side platoon guy, and while yeah. Baez is struggling, Baez is going to play every day, every single day. Um, I mean, he, he, so, he can hit sub two hundred and play every day. Like they're not taking him out of the lineup unless he's hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously with different stats, but like they've got similar upsides, similar downsides. Give me the guy who I know is going to play. But Gene Segura, ooh, he's, he's going to play. That's an interesting one. Um... Yeah, I think I'm. I think I would do that, especially because Segura is eligible at second and third. Correct. So Correct. yeah, I think I. I think I would do that again. I would probably want like a little bit of a sweetener. Yeah. Like here, I'm giving you the better guy. Give me this guy in. I don't know some yeah. some scrap pitcher. These or... are two for twos. You know because. A lot of times it doesn't necessarily make sense to do the like the challenge trade at a position. Like someone's like, well, why why do I want to do that? Like, unless I come to you for bias, why are you trying to dump your trash? You know, the, I think they kind of see that they their their back gets up. Like, mm, no, thank you. But if you set it up in a in a in a multiplayer deal uh, with them being the foundational pieces, I, I I think maybe there's something there to just taking your three homers, your three stolen bases, your 200 average, which isn't the end of the world, and getting out, even though. I think we're confident he'll improve. Will it be enough that you want to stick around for? I think is the real question here. I, I think um, like a hitting coach just needs to take Javi Baez aside and change what he's trying to do at the plate. Because if you look over the course of the last two years, one of the drastic changes he's had is he's just pulling everything, right? He's like, yeah, Al- so he's, he's trying tanking. Alex Bregman it over, you know, um, you know, over past the pole, right? So, That's a great call too, and it's it's, it's way up. So just take mm-hmm. t- 2019; it was 36. percent You take these last two years together; it's about 48. percent Yeah, and someone needs to be like, listen, it's great when you hit home runs. We love home runs, but at the same time, 
we, we don't love you striking out 45% of the time. So mm-hmm. maybe try to not yank everything and go, you know, and kind of play to your field uh, a little, or, you know, play to different fields a little bit. Uh, well, and- uh, look, look, look where, look where his poll rate was in his, his rookie year. He's, he's gone back. Bias has gone back to the rookie year when he played 52 games. Now he had nine homers and five. That, that's how electric his skills are, by the way. When he struggles like this, he can still put up the counting categories that are fantasy relevant because he's just a freak athlete and a, he's a monster that even when he's not playing his best, he can still contribute. But yeah, he is, he seems lost right now from, from that nice three, four year window that we had of, you know, nice bias seasons. He's a long way from that right now. And I, I just think maybe you consider it, especially if you can get like a pitching, if you've been hit by some of the bad pitching. Maybe your name brand Baez for taking somebody well down the rankings that you feel pretty good about and getting a pitching upgrade is the way to go, and you move out from that. A couple of uh, injury issues. Max Fried goes to the IL with a hamstring, 14 earned runs, and an MLB high 23 hits in his 11 innings. Just absolutely brutalized. This guy I really like, and uh, he has not been right. Now, I don't know if the – if the hammy was there this whole time or even in the, at least in the last start, but it would be nice almost if it was just to have a little something to explain, even if it's just two or three starts, I should say, geez, I saw 11 innings. I was like, well, that has to be two starts. No, that's three, five, two and four innings. Um, but my goodness, dude, he's just been, he, he's been rough. It seems like it had to have happened in season because his first start was pretty good for freed. And then these last two were disastrous. Um, so he hits the IL, so you don't have to cut him in mostly. But what about the NFBC? Seems drastic, I know, to suggest maybe cutting him. But what if you're already, like, I, I don't want to paint the scenario of like, well, let me give you the six most injured IL guys that are the best. But is it even on your radar to maybe cut him? Or are you holding out on a hammy for at least two, three weeks? Uh, no, you got to hold on to him for now. Okay. Um, I think so too. I just asked the questions, you know. I just gotta throw them out there sometimes. Like the only league I have him in, he is my number four starter in an NFBC league. Oh, that's pretty nice. Uh, I can live with that. A twelve teamer, and I, I started Cole, Darvish, Corbin Burns, um, and then Freed fell. Uh, so like, but even in that kind of situation where it's like, like the rest of my team is really, really good. Like, I'm not gonna drop him. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather drop a, a different injured guy than than drop a guy like Freed. I, I, you I'd gotta still believe have somebody else to go. Yeah, I still believe in his talent. I just, I mean, I unless do. you're absolutely, even if you're absolutely decimated, there's got to be a better injured player to drop. Yep, I, I just, I just don't see how that would what would be working out that that's that's your one you have to cut. But like I, said, I had to ask just to make sure people aren't don't don't freak out over because again. You look at the the trajectory of these stats where the first start was perfectly capable, and then uh, you got the two duds. But it's just still, it's still two though. Like it's like uh, if these two no, 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 came I'm in sa- August, saying, I know. Like, but I'm saying that 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 looks to me like the injury happened in between. Like, so I'm not saying I'm saying he hasn't been awful this whole year. If the hammy was tweaked on April sixth uh, or in the April first start, and then he carried it in, but the even 7th, if it wasn't. Even well, if yeah. He, yeah, I mean, even if this wasn't injury related, and he just you know, he had two bad starts, it happens. We we saw Kyle Hendricks last year and this year get blown up in his first start, and then put up one of the best ERAs in baseball last year, right? And that was a sixty yeah. game season. So 
let's not overreact again. Like you said at the beginning, let's not overreact or take victory laps to starts into a season. Yep. Yep. I, I like that. So d- do not cut him. You got to be able to ride it out. I, I just can't imagine the, the devastating scenario you'd have to be in to see have to have Max Fried as a potential cut. Unfortunately, this guy may be a potential cut after a hot waiver pickup or last round pick. Johnny Cueto was off to a great start to the season, 20 innings in, um, you know, and in the midst of the third start, he's got to go out. He's got a lat issue. Uh, I'm sure you're bummed about this as a Giants fan watching him pitch. He's, he's been looking really nice, like like kind of like Pete Cueto, to be honest. Um, he's been looking really, really good. And then this comes up to slow him down, of course. What do you do with Johnny Cueto right now? I feel like probably a cut in most non-NL only league. Well, obviously, if you can IL him. Wait, is he on the IL yet or is he just hurt? I think he's just okay. hurt. I don't think they've made the yeah. move. Because it happened yesterday. So yeah. you got to wait to see on IL. So let's not talk about what you can do with him because I think it's pretty direct what you would do with him based on what league type you're in. Do you believe in the start? The, the 20 innings here. Do you believe that we can get a full? Because if there is somebody who could go 200 innings, even though he hasn't done it in a long time, I think the Giants would let him go if he's healthy enough too. Of course, he's hurt right now, but I'm just saying he could be a volume guy if this is a minor blip. So what do you think of Cueto's start in the way I said blip like that? <laughs> uh, I think it's impressive in some regards because this is, again, one of those guys you've got off the waiver flyer for nothing, right? Or... I drafted him in a few leagues knowing that he had some kind of early season matchups that I would uh, like to take advantage of mm-hmm. um, in the same way that other people were like grabbing Jake Arrieta just for the first two yes. starts. Um, yeah, he had Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to Seattle and then had Colorado in Giants uh, in um, Oracle. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a bummer, especially because, you know, through what his first 20 innings, the three starts, four walks. Um, like he was, he was definitely, uh, hitting his spots, uh, you know, inside and outside of the zone, um, you know, doing his little triple shimmies and, and things like that, uh, which are super fun, but also scare me cause he's not a guy who's great, right. great at repeating his mechanics to begin with. And then you throw yeah, in all these, like, these deeks. It, um, and his balance isn't like excellent either no. so you're gonna you're gonna you know add to that by by swaying back and forth it's like okay it's cute i love it i do like it i really do it's but, fun uh, but is like, it the yeah. best thing for your command and control probably no but i mean it has it's worked so far i mean this it's worked year. yeah we, we can't really argue with the the success over over his entire career too yeah uh so that being said like do i think this is like he he's getting back to being the guy he was uh, you know, four years ago uh, or five years ago when he signed this, the, the, the albatross of a contract that he, uh, <laughs> he signed with my Giants. Um, no, but I think that he, if he's healthy, he deserves to be ranked in the top 125, probably starters. Uh, it's a great At park. Yeah. yeah, we've seen the park play the way it usually plays uh, uh, prior to them having that gate closed. Um, in in 2020 when it started playing as a hitter's park. So I think he's, especially at home, like he, he's more of like a stream and hold type of guy. Yeah, uh, I yeah, don't. I can, I can see that with Guido for sure. I, I, he should be rostered in every 15-team league um, and probably rostered in the majority of 12s. Uh, but if he does hit the IL and you don't have open IL spots, you're playing an NFBC, like a uh, online championship kind of deal, 
I don't have a problem dropping him necessarily, uh, but I would try to hold him if I can. I would too. Uh, I would absolutely do that with Cueto because if it's just a, a little blip and they say, hey, he felt better the next day, he stretched out all good, making his next start. Uh, you'll And here's the thing. You'll have that info before you have to cut him. And, and unless you're in a daily league, um, you know, you shouldn't have to make that decision. So you can sit back and, and chill out and see where Cueto's at because I think it can be a, a useful piece in a lot of formats. I think even some 12-team mixers. Um, and then if you spot him in the right 10-teamers, that could even work. Of course, in 10-teamer, if you did spot him yesterday, you can cut and move on because you are going to cut anyway. Uh, Julian Merriweather hits the IL with an oblique, which, you know, and Jason even, you know, I mean, Merriweather's been kind of kind of become Jason's guy uh, because he was out there touting him. And I I, I don't say that with any uh, – sounded sarcastic or like snide, I think, but I wasn't trying to be. I'm saying he has become his guy. Oh, God, Adam Eaton trying to fight, of course, because he got tagged. Oh, jeez. What a clown, dude. He's such a dildo. Um, anyway, <laughs> Julie Merriweather hurt. That was one of Jason's big, benches have cleared because of this. And it was just like a throwback tag type of deal. And I, oh, yeah, dude, I'm so mad. I'm so short. Um, sorry, Julie Merriweather hurt. Jason knew that injuries were the issue. Everyone spent those giant triple digit bids. This, that's, I mean, that's killer. I know, like, if you didn't get them, Technically, that's a good thing for you, but please don't root injury. Don't be Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how did it go from a hip irritation to the oblique? Are those linked? I don't know. The hip bones connected to the oblique bone. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, isn't this, uh, I mean, one of the issues with Mayweather coming up, right, was his injury issues. Uh, that's the issue. Yeah. I don't think so, it's been about talent. Um. So this isn't completely, uh, you know, unexpected. It, it's unfortunate because he had been so good and it appeared he was the guy. But I think this is one of the reasons, um, you know, and just usage in general of the way things have been going with closers. Uh, I think you and I both had talked about not dropping Jordan Romano. Um, and so okay. hopefully Jordan Romano is, uh, if you have Merriweather and you, you paired him with Romano, um, or if you just drafted Romano and missed out on Merriweather, hopefully you held him uh, because yeah, he like, becomes the it, guy. He certainly it looked like Merriweather was the guy, but it was it was always like one of those like, yeah, he looks like the guy for now though. And it, and I and I want to say that even Jason was out there tweeting like, yeah, for now because he can get hurt, and unfortunately he's hurt right now. And so they'll probably look to Romano and and maybe Dolis or Barucky if there's some some lefty uh, lefty flavor coming up in the ninth. But um, that that is about like I said. I know it's one of those things where it's like I know in my heart that that's a good thing for my competition of being in the NFBC leagues that I'm in. That somebody else spent thirty plus percent of their budget. But I don't feel good about like ah uh, you know that's but that. I also don't feel so bad. Tough. <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel. I guess yeah, we're just is that ambivalent? Is that what that yeah, word means? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Hey, what look saying. at that! I don't think I've ever used that in in a sentence like that. All badass. Well, not badass because I questioned it and I really wasn't confident <laughs> in it at all. So maybe now I will be going forward. This is my. This is from this day on. I use ambivalent regularly. Okay? I'm proud of you. It. Thank you. It's part of. You should be ambivalent about it, though. You really should. Uh, Adbert Elzale was optioned to the alt site. I thought weren't people just like jocking jocking him recently i thought he people were saying he was off to like a great start or something and then i went and looked and 
it was too like mediocre stuff. Like it was not bad. I I'm kind of surprised he was optioned. Like I know a six ten ERA. You're like, okay, well, why are you surprised? Ten strikeouts, three walks in ten and a third, a point ninety nine WHIP. Who the hell they got that's better? What what what's what what is what's happening, dude? They they don't need a fifth starter. Oh, so, damn it. I didn't I knew it was gonna be something logical like yeah. that. I thought he got sent out for a reason. No, they don't need a fifth starter until uh you know, not this weekend, but next weekend. So you know, okay. he'll be They're, back. It's it's just this is just uh, um this is like when uh was the Domingo Herman got optioned down to the alt site because the Yankees didn't need a fifth starter. Like it's it's not okay. it's not a big deal. Like Well I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Roto World on that one. They they're usually on that, okay? They made me look silly. They usually say that. But they didn't have anything. They just said the 26-year-old well, writer. This is why you should be using shot. our friends at Roto-Wire because they and had I, it. I, I almost always do. I have, I, honestly, I have both up I do all too. the time in, <laughs> in a tap. But I, I had gone. My final spot check for news today was was at uh, NBC Sports uh, Edge is what it's called now. And I'd, I'd seen that, and their, their, their blurb didn't have anything. And I was like, well, then this seems like it's because of the 610 ERA. That's insane. But no, that makes a lot more sense. Paul's a dweeb. Moving on. Houston hit a COVID wave. And I'm going to tell you what. I have the news on this, okay? This is fake. None of these guys have anything. They're just they're upset and embarrassed that they got obliterated by the best team in the league, the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> so they have fabricated that. Oh no, we were all sick. No, you're sick of getting your asses whooped, dog. <laughs> Dude, how did we just sleep them? What's going on? What, uh, what, what is that? A Cuba baby. That's right. That's right. But the actual news is that they did hit. Uh, now, whether they have COVID or not, or if there was just exposure, um, it, I think they put up six, six or seven guys on the on the COVID IL, which means they can come back like instantly. Though you can COVID yeah. IL for one day because the second shot knocked you out. There was but also Bregman someone out- saying that the entire team got a round of shots. Oh, well, uh, then they could just be yeah. This shot could just be back. yeah. This just could be a. I don't know if it was the first shot or the second shot. This could be a matter of like. You know, you and I both got sick after we got our second yeah. shot. So, oh yeah, no, I uh, got I got wiped the hell out. Yeah. I, I I couldn't go play freaking. I couldn't even imagine. No chance. No, yeah. I could I couldn't take Charlotte for a walk, let alone play a ball game after that. Yeah. I know these dudes are much more fit and healthy than I am, but it's still. But they're not much more fit and healthy than I am. True, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Alvarez, Bregman, and Altuve are among the three. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't panic because the only reason I brought this up, there's nothing actionable except don't panic on it because these things can just be real quick, uh, day on day off. But it does bring up Abraham Toro, Chaz McCormick and Ronnie Dawson. Not that they're going to get a lot of playing time right now, but I do want to put their names on the radar just for the season, right? Cause these are the, the, I think what we get some info on is who's the first men up when things do happen. So that way, if there is a big injury, we can re- we can resort back to like oh Abraham Toro was called up for the COVID thing, if something were to happen to an infielder, maybe he's the guy. So I wanted to bring all three up: Abraham Toro, Chas McCormick, Ronnie Dawson, and just kind of get your thoughts on if you have any interest in them. Let's start with Toro, switch hitting third baseman by trade, uh, but I think he can play all around the infield. <clears throat> he's been up before. He made the last play of Verlander's last no hitter. Um, he has 190 plate appearances. Nothing, nothing right home about him. What in that in that time? But he's supposed to have some some skills that could develop. Like I'm not going to judge him off 190 disjointed plate appearances. But I wonder if you see anything here if a full time role were to open up for Toro. Yeah, I mean Toro was the guy when we talked about deep deep sleepers at third base. 
that I, I I talked about because you know Correa has struggled to stay healthy uh, at times, and if he were to get hurt, uh, we could see uh, Bregman move over to shortstop uh, again, and Toro would be the guy who came up and played every day. So uh, he has. A pretty good hit tool, some decent raw power, uh, speed for especially for a third baseman. Uh, he can also play corner outfield uh, or first base. Uh, he has a very good eye. Uh, you know, double digit walk rates all throughout the minor leagues. Isn't a guy with high strikeout rate. So, like I like I don't think he would turn into a star by any stretch of the imagination, but um, a guy that could potentially be like. In, if he got, let's say, got 600 plate appearances, obviously he's not mm-hmm. going to, but, you know, like a 2010 kind of guy with okay. like a 250 batting average. So that kind of vibe. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. way you can kind of shorthand it if he came up and there was like a 300 plate appearance opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I can get I can get 10 and 2 here, 10 and 3, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. So, uh, okay, that's a good way to put it with Toro. I agree. He's he's the best of the bunch. Uh, and the guy I'd be looking for if an infield injury struck that uh, struck that Astros infield, Chaz McCormick, we have talked about before in an interesting context, <laughs> wherein I took him specifically because Vlad Sedler had in a draft and hold. It was late. I'd seen that he tweeted about him, and I said, you know what? Good enough for the gut. Good enough for me, baby. Uh, locked it in. Learned more about him. Nice prospect with some interesting stats for sure. A lot, lot of uh, a lot of sabermetric stuff on the board. That's like, hey, this guy can play up. On on uh, his minor league stats, which were pretty good themselves, good plate skills, all that sort of stuff. Nowhere to play, though. There was some chatter that maybe he could get into that center field mix a little bit. But Straw has that covered. Uh, he isn't batting leadoff the way there was some talk about Straw maybe batting leadoff. He's batting eighth. But he is playing center field every single day. So McCormick is relegated to like a fourth outfielder type. But if But if there was an outfield injury there, would you see some interest in McCormick? Yeah, absolutely. I think McCormick is a guy that, again... Like, he doesn't have a tool that, like, stands off the page necessarily, but I think he could be, like, a, a sum-of-all-parts kind of glue guy. Um, maybe similar to, like, an early career David Peralta-ish. Okay, so okay, a guy I like that, that could hit, like, 280, 15 homers, 10 stolen bases, uh, and, like... Uh, not not a guy again who's going to help you in any particular stat category, but kind of a glue guy, fifth outfielder in a full role. Yeah, just do a, do just do a bunch of everything there. Just fill the role, especially if uh, an, an actual role were to open up. But yeah, I think he could he's somebody who could earn a bunch of playing time and, and handle it. Ronnie Dawson was a name I actually did not know until he was in yesterday's game against the Tigers. And so year old uh, has some raw power, raw speed. But that's about all I've got. Do you have anything on Ronnie Dawson for us? Um, yeah, I mean he's uh like a lot like Chaz McCormick, except for without any hit tool whatsoever. Yeah, he has a lot of swing and miss to that game. Yeah, so like he's got you know like he could probably be like a fifteen fifteen guy, um, if he were to get full playing time, but it's gonna come at like a Mendoza line esque batting average. So, uh, I mean he he struck out quite a bit. Uh, throughout the minor leagues, he does walk, um, but uh, yeah, it's not a profile that I would be interested in, and I think he would likely uh, be—he he's not going to get much playing time. Like McCormick yeah, I... will get the playing time over him. I think this was, you know, like worst case scenario, everybody had to be put on the COVID IL, and so that's why he got up. 
Yeah, and it was against a righty. So uh, Dawson, the lefty, got the go instead of McCormick in yesterday's game. All right, so that's Houston there again. Don't freak out about that. All right, and lastly, I want to talk about some young bats who are not playing. And again, this is going to go back to the beginning thing about not panicking. I'm not suggesting much actionable here. But this first one is so maddening, Justin, because you know it's Tony LaRusso's BS. But Andrew Vaughn is not playing very much. He's played three of the last six. He's sitting for luminaries such as Nick Williams, I believe, Jake Lamb, uh, you know, studs like that. And then Andres Jimenez, and I know this one's near and dear to you. This is a guy you really like. He's played four of the last six, but three he three of those he was batting nine for Cleveland. So he's playing a little bit more often, but not batting anywhere near where we expected with sitting down there at nine. So let's talk about these young guys not playing. Let's start with Vaughn. Do you have concerns about Vaughn for shallower leagues? Uh, as far as like not starting him again, not cutting him. I'm not cutting him at for two weeks. No chance. But do you have concerns about playing Vaughn in your 10 and 12s or even your 15s with this playing time right now? Um, well, I think we got some good news today. They uh, they activated uh, Tim Anderson and designated Nick Williams for assignment. And, okay. and Vaughn is in the lineup today. So I think that they're going to be put back into a position in which they need to play Vaughn more regularly. Uh, has gotten a lot of heat in press conferences about why they're not playing Vaughn. Uh, and so I think he's going to buckle to some of that pressure. It makes absolutely no sense. Like if, if you're not going to play him, just send him down yeah. so he can learn the outfield at the alt site. Like you guys actually have, you're one of the few teams that actually have an excuse to send a guy like him down. Um, because they have Mercedes at DH, they've got Abreu at first and he needs to learn how to play the outfield. So that being said, I, I'm there's nothing actionable here. I, I've been preaching patience. If you drafted Vaughn, you were likely doing it with the idea he wasn't going to be up for the first three weeks anyways because they were going to hold him down for service time. So just put him on your reserve list right now and wait till he starts well, getting back-to-backs. It depends when you drafted him because I'd started drafting him when it was pretty clear he was going to make the team. And so I kind of was expecting them to like you know play baseball. Weirdly enough, I know it's an insane expectation for yeah, me. No, it's it, it was silly. Um, I, I don't know what I I'm I'm an idiot, <laughs> but um you know it brings up a good point about learning a position though too, right? Like it's not easy, and so maybe they're just giving him some mental days out you know off as well. Like hey, you know you're struggling with the dish, you're you're not looking super sharp in the outfield. Uh, he's actually taking his walks, but I wonder. I haven't watched enough Andrew Vaughn to say this that that this is it, but I wonder if he's just kind of like passive in the box right now and just trying to get on base any way he can because he has a 21% walk rate, 29% strikeout rate. He's got a uh, 653 OPS right now. 24 plate appearances though. I'm not I'm not concerned. I'm not cutting him. What about Jimenez though? Let's go to Cleveland. Why the heck are they batting him ninth? And why isn't he playing every single day? Uh I don't know why he's not playing every single day. <laughs> that's that's the the, the I more mean, he's platooning. Like- like he's yeah. barely starting against it, it's it's a platoon. He's a left-hander, Jimenez is, and it, it's it's lefty days that the, his two days off recently have been against lefty. Now he did get a lefty start on Saturday, but he's not playing consistently against lefties, and that's in favor of Rosario, who they bring in from the outfield, and I, they probably put Luplau in. Um, that's probably how that transition works, if I had to guess. 
Yeah, it may be a matter of wanting to get Luplau in. Um, I mean, versus, he kills lefties, so yeah. Uh, I'm not overly concerned. Like, yes, it it sucks, and we want to see him hitting up higher in the lineup. But there was always the chance he was going to hit seventh uh, in this lineup, anyways, uh, and and not hit first or second. So um, I'm I, I think this is going to work itself out. He's too good of a hitter, uh, and clearly. If they if they didn't want him uh, playing close to every day, anyways, he wouldn't be up. Like they could have sent him down, mm-hmm. and people would have been like, "All right, whatever." Uh, I think he'll be fine. I, okay. I really do. I think he's just too good of a hitter to to. This is just an early season struggle. If it was just happening uh, in in August, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Okay, that's Andres Jimenez um, batting a little lower. Struggling a bit. That whole line of struggling a bit, though. Stream against Cleveland. I mean, they they got they got no hit last night. They've been decimated regularly. Um, they don't have much fear in their lineup right now because even Ramirez is struggling. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes has been great. Luplau, and for his part, has been solid. And uh, Roberto Perez has a lot of walks and a couple homers, so he's got a gaudy OPS. But other than that, dude, I think you and I can get seven, eight strikeouts against them. <laughs> they are really, really struggling. So they'll, they'll turn around, you know, they'll, they'll get hot. E- even the worst teams, you know, even the pirates are going to have uh, an eight game run where they're blowing teams out and you're streaming against them. You're like, how is this happening? Like that's, that's the course of a six game or of a six month season. So don't worry about Vaughn. Don't worry about him. And as news and notes on a Thursday, Justin, great speaking with you. I'm back in Austin, man. I left, uh, I left really nice weather for some, it's a pretty overcast doom and gloom here, but it doesn't matter because I'm not going outside for the next few days. I'm going to be 21. The show drops tonight, baby. I'm so excited, dude. I cannot wait. Can't wait. I, I, I haven't even played my PlayStation yet. You're busy. You're on that grind. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, it, uh, listen, I get to play video games and call it a grind, but I'm on that Twitch grind. So it's not like I'm doing nothing along with it. I'm going to be streaming from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. Um, we got the, uh, we got the big 13 hour opening night stream coming up. I'm very excited. Yeah. I've been, uh, let's see, writing pretty close to what daily at fan graphs. I'm writing close to daily at fantasy alarm and I'm doing anywhere from six to seven podcasts a week. So well, I know you like to do a lot of writing at night. So come through on the stream and say, what's up? Yeah. That's what I'm watching games though. Now, like that's, that's, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, no, no offense. Watch... No, no, no. As, not, as much as I love take. watching you play, MLB the show, I'd much rather like, you know, put on uh, a Zach Plesak getting destroyed kind of game. I'm, I'm pretty awesome though, dude. You are. You're very entertaining. Um, Thank you. Uh, Twitch.tv slash sport. Come through if you want, but I totally understand watching games. Uh, I'm going to go get to watch some games right now because Savali versus Lynn seems like it could be an absolute gem there. Um, and we will talk on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, Justin. Take it easy.